Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 58, for Monday, October 31st. 2011. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. It's Halloween. You've been playing some Angry Birds, have you? No. Why? Is that on there? Well, their, their Angry Birds Seasons episode for Halloween is called Halloween. Oh, no. I was driving uh, between Los Angeles and Las Vegas one time around October, and there was a sign on a, on a, uh, the side of a restaurant that said, Happy Halloween. So I've been saying it ever since. Well, good. That's, that's good for a restaurant, especially if they serve the ham. I, I, you know, I really don't know. You should have gone in, man. Not any place that I would get a Halloween ham, <laughs> really. I don't know. If you're driving between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, where better to get a Halloween? I wasn't that hungry. Um, so we've got a huge show this week. But before we do that, I just want to ask you, how was your first Halloween in your new house? It was good. We got some uh, We got some trick-or-treaters coming by. We got to meet a lot of the neighbors. That's hey, good. Hey, are you the new neighbors? Yes, we are the new neighbors. Welcome to the neighborhood. Well, thank you. Would you like some candy? Yeah, here's some candy for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Was it busy? A lot of kids? Uh, I would, it was steady for a few hours, but uh, I wouldn't say there was a, a hell of a lot of kids, but there wasn't very few either. So it was, uh, I don't know, maybe 60 kids? No, that, that's that okay. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, our neighborhood is weird. Like some one year, I feel like there's hundreds, and then the next year, there's almost none. It feels like so. Hmm. I don't. I really don't know. We live on the last block before a major street, and then there's like three or four blocks the other way before the next major street. Right. And I think all the action is kind of in the middle, uh... and so the kids don't make their way right to the end where we are. So. Well, yeah, we're kind of on the end of a street and across <clears throat> the street from a park. So there's no if they come down the street. There's nothing going back, right? right? So they may just go, screw that, I'm not going there. Right. They, and, and the way our yard is, I'm, I think our house is easily skipped hmm. for some reason because uh, uh, the previous owner has planted uh, uh, rose bushes all along the front so that the mailman wouldn't cut across the lawn. So oh. kids can't cut across the lawn either. So it's kind of an obstacle course to go from one house to the next. Uh, well, what you need to do is... Um, Next year and in future years, really decorate heavily, like really do up the house for Halloween. And, well, we did and some stuff know. so that like we put some stuff on the garage so that they knew that the house was Halloween friendly and we had all the lights on and everything. There so, you go. And we had, you know, noises coming from the other things we bought. So, <laughs> you know, we tried to let them know that, you know, Halloween was celebrated here. Yeah. We will give you candy. Did you have any uh, Walking Dead related costumes such as Rick Grimes come to the door? Uh, no, no Walking Dead related costumes. We did have two separate Spider-Men. Oh yeah, there's Spider-Man is popular every year. All the superheroes, especially these days, but no Walking Dead, eh? The uh, the most creative stuff that uh, one that Jenny saw was uh, an airplane well, that's made good. out of a cardboard box. Yeah, and uh, I saw a Crayola crayon. 
which I thought was kind of neat. I've seen that before. And I and a, a ketchup bottle. Oh, I've seen the ketchup bottle too. Yeah, yeah. I thought the ketchup bottle was a good cause. Last year, my youngest daughter was a hamburger, so they could have gone together. Yeah, that's a pretty good hamburger. Hamoween, Hamoween, everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got a huge show. We've got a recap of this week's episode. Of course, we've got our holy crap! Did you see that moment? But before all that, we're going to do something we haven't done in a few weeks, and that is this: The Walking Dead news. That's right, we've got some Walking Dead news right. this week. The first thing is we're going to talk briefly about the ratings for Bloodletting, which mm. was the second episode of Season 2. It came in at 6.7 million viewers, or homes, I guess they define that as, with 3.6 million in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's a lot of people. It's, it's a lot of people. It's a slight drop from the premiere, which was 7 yeah. point something. That makes sense. But... It's still more than any episode from season one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so they're they're doing pretty well. They're uh, you know they're not short on viewers. They're still two to three times the number of viewers of your average episode of Mad Men, for right. example. Well, that's excellent. The ever popular Mad Men. That's a lot of eyeballs. It's a lot of eyeballs. It's a very lot of eyeballs. two for almost every person. Almost two for every person. So great, great reviews. Um, I mean, great ratings for uh, bloodletting, and it's it's only a good sign for the show. But you know how I know it's a really good sign? These ratings. How how do you know that it's a really good sign? I will tell you. The Walking Dead was renewed for season three. Season three. That's excellent. Hooray! Yay. AMC president Charlie Collier said this. Today we are pleased to announce that the dead shall live as we proudly renew The Walking Dead for a third season on AMC and globally with our terrific partners at Fox International Channels. That's awesome. We are thankful for everyone's contrib contribution in front of and behind the camera as we continue to make The Walking Dead a unique television experience, and we are so proud as it continues to set viewership records around the world. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's well, I like it because, you know, we're going to be around for a little while longer, too. Yeah, exactly. We're going to be doing this for the foreseeable future. Now, did you ever imagine that this show would be so popular? You know, a couple of years ago when we started this podcast, did you ever imagine we'd go into season two and have almost seven million people watching it? I couldn't imagine that it wouldn't be super popular. Now, hmm. I, I knew that this kind of thing had to be popular, and, it, and it, I think television is the perfect format for a continuing zombie saga. And I, I based that on the, the success of Battlestar Galactica, right? It's the same story, right? A ragtag uh, group of people trying to survive uh, complete Armageddon where some kind of external force is completely trying to wipe them out, right? This is, just happens to be a zombie apocalypse. And they, you know, they've collectively banded together in their little individual ships. They got the, uh, you had the Jeep that seems to be mysteriously gone. We've got the, uh, the camper. We've got, you know, the various vehicles and stuff. And they, they're... <laughs> You know, they're on trying to find uh, the mystical, magical place where they can call home. You know, it's the same story. It's true. I never really thought about <laughs> it like that when you compare Battlestar to The Walking Dead. But I suppose you're right. I think it's a popular story formula. Right. And, and uh, the fact that you can have this kind of serialized storytelling, because uh, there's so many different things that can happen to you, right? I think that movies are, uh, you know, they're good zombie flicks but they're too short 
right? You have uh, a group of people. You have to retell the zombie apocalypse again. Uh, you have to, uh, like, this, the origin story of the zombie apocalypse. You have the, you know, initial strive to survive and then whatever the resolution is. You know, really, that thing, that story should play out in a much longer format. And I think that uh, comic books and television are perfect for that kind of thing. Well, and as we all know, that was um, Robert Kirkman's original reason for wanting to do the comic book. He wanted to see what happens after the movie ends. And, you know, zombie movies typically are about the zombies, and zombie TV show is about the humans. That's right. The living. Well, yeah, The Walking Dead is all all about the, the humans. And so was the Battlestar Galactica, really. <laughs> you know, it's it's not just about surviving. It's about uh, the human's, uh, you know, social structure and how that survives as well. The whole struggle between government and, uh, you know, the individual, that kind of thing. That was a whole subplot in Battlestar Galactica. It was kind of about Cylons, too, though. Was, yeah, you know, they were there. They, they were there doing stuff. Yeah, they were, they were doing stuff <laughs> and, you know, wearing little clothes for Canadian, you know, Cylons. <laughs> okay. Well, what's her name? Seven, not seven of nine. Uh, number six. Number six. Yeah, she's Canadian. Yes, she is. And likes red dresses. Anyways, season three will be coming for The Walking Dead. It's very exciting. I'm, uh, you know, I'm really, really happy that they have, uh, that they've renewed it. And if I recall, in season one, they announced that they renewed for season two after the first episode. Yes, they did. Season two, it took two episodes before we got the announcement that season three was coming. I think they were just late on the announcement. I think they knew no, it, know, after it, the pilot. It makes sense. Oh, I, I'm sure they did, but it makes sense. Six episodes in season one, uh, 13 in season two. The The ratio is about the same. Yep. About. So there we go. Season three of The Walking Dead coming up sometime next year. Presumably oh, October. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, what, one, what's Halloween without The Walking Dead now? That's right, man. We it's They go hand in hand. They do. And next year, I'm totally doing Rick Grimes costume. Are you? I already own it. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That's right. I couldn't pass up Batman this year, so next year, Rick Grimes. Everyone's going to know who he is by then. I'm sure they will. I'm just saying that right now. One last item in the news this week. Now that Frank Darabont is no longer with the show, it also means that Stephen King won't be writing an episode, or at least very uh, likely won't be writing an episode. Oh, well. Yeah, what can you do? Gail Ann Hurd said, you know, Stephen is a very busy guy, as, of course, is Joe Hill. That's Stephen King's son. Um, They've got a pretty full dance card. And in order to write an episode of The Walking Dead, you need to be heavily involved in the writer's room. That's a commitment beyond just penning one episode. So it's difficult for people who don't have a lot of free time. Well, they got the whole uh, Dark Tower TV series coming. Well, that's true. They're doing that. And I'm sure Stephen King and Frank Darabont are good buddies, since that's really, before this, that's kind of the only thing Frank Darabont was doing. And when he's gone, I guess Stephen King's sort of like, nah, whatever. Yeah, I don't have time for this anyway. (laughs) No, exactly. I'm Stephen King, for crying out loud. (laughs) I pump out a book every six months. How am I going to be writing a TV show? I wasn't, didn't, wasn't he more prolific when he was younger? Like, he would really crack the book. Oh, the first few were, uh, were pretty quick together. Yeah. In his he's old age, he slowed down. Yeah, relaxed. <laughs> Every 18 months. I don't think he's slowing down. I think he's relaxing a little bit. Some writers take 10 years to write a book. Hey, it's so far it's taken me almost 40. <laughs> That's not true. I wrote, uh, never, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken you almost 40, and you haven't started yet. Well, no, I wrote a book once, but that would, we don't need to go there. All right, maybe some other time. 
That's it for the news. We're going to do a little bit of listener feedback now. Unfortunately, I don't have a bumper for this, so we're going to have to get one done. That's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, well, I'll, I'll take care of that. That's fine. We'll go, we'll go back in time once we get a time machine and put in uh, the bumper. I like your style. All right. But that'll spin off an alternate reality so that everybody that's listening right now won't actually hear the bumper. Only the alternate reality <laughs> people when we go back in time. You know, they're remaking uh, DeLoreans for 2013. Same, like, the same car. Are they? Yeah. That's cool. So we'll get one of those and do the time machine thing. I don't know if you can do that. You have to buy. You have to get uh, a flux capacitor, and those things are hard to come by. You have to fall and bang your head on a toilet just to think of it. You're right. Someone <laughs> will figure it out. So we got an email. Mark from Washington wrote in. He said, "Hail to the great frozen north." It's it's not quite frozen up here it's yet. Cold today. Yeah, and he's from Washington State. That's fairly far north. Yeah. So we're farther south than that, I think. I, actually, we are. <laughs> 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 way farther south we're in line with california anyways he says just finished episode 57 and had a few thoughts first off i have to agree with jason on the t-dog situation it seemed to me as if they were trying to point out just how sick t-dog was getting by having him get paranoid about the situation towards the end of the conversation i thought the actor did a great job emoting the confusion that can be caused by high fevers uh by darting his eyes around and generally acting erratic hmm so T-Dog did a good job. I thought so. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really pay attention to sort of his eyes, but he was definitely acting erratic. At least, you know, he wasn't thinking straight. No, I know? don't think so. Mark goes on to say, second, regarding the Gerber tool set. Once I heard that the knives on the show were an actual product, I went searching for it. My family and I love to go camping, and a full set like that would be very handy to have out in the woods. You mentioned that you thought it was odd that a company would let their product be featured on a TV show if it was being used for something other than the original manufacturer's intentions, i.e. camping tools and not weapons. Well, apparently Gerber is fully embracing the zombie apocalypse idea because they're marketing this specific set of knives as survival tools for the coming apocalypse. And he sends in a link, which I had already found uh, before after we talked about it, but I hadn't mentioned it, gerbertools.com slash apocalypse. <laughs> and uh, that's where you can find information on those tools. And it says right there on the website, uh, as seen on The Walking Dead. Oh, there you go. So there is a group. I mean, there's a connection there for sure. And oddly enough, I brought in show and tell this week. More tell than show, I would say, but... Yeah, I brought it. I actually uh, found this while I was unpacking. Uh, I, I own a Gerber hatchet, a very uh, a small camping hatchet uh, that I've had for years, and oddly enough, I've never used to chop anything, mm-hmm. zombies or wood or kindling or whatnot. I, I noticed that when when I was looking at it earlier, the blade is pristine, not a nick on it. No, not a nick on it. It's <laughs> a. Uh, I bought this hatchet uh, probably four years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew that I had this hatchet. I just didn't realize that the brand name was Gerber. And then uh, once we talked about it, I'm like, and then I saw it in The Walking Dead and what they look like. I'm like, I think I have one of those. And as it turns out, yes, I do have a Gerber hatchet in my hand right now. It's a nice little tool. Finland. Yeah. It's got uh, made in Finland. Oh, I thought they were um, uh, made in America, but if it says made in Finland right on it, I'll well, trust it doesn't that. say made in Finland. It just says Finland. Maybe they're just saying, you know, we like Finland. I don't know. Maybe it's like Finland steel or something. Maybe they big steel industry up there Finland I don't know. plastic because the handle is plastic or the plastic they get yeah. the finish finish plastic on it so it's a good tool i should go out and buy myself a set since i go camping like once every two or three years well why don't i chop some stuff around here and we'll find out if it's a good tool <laughs> 
maybe later. Right. I want to get rid of that couch over there. All you right, a little later me. we'll try that. All right. Uh, we have a call, Mark from Georgia, talking about uh, the Save the Last One title, which is something we were speculating on last week. Mark had this to say. Hey, guys, this is Mark. I'm coming from Dublin, Georgia. You guys are discussing the uh, Save the Last One uh, episode title for the next episode. Um, currently listening to the podcast now. You're batting around with you, with you, your theories on what you think it possibly could be. I'm about 100% sure that when you say Save the Last One, you save the last round or bullet. For yourself, when you're in a uh, no-win situation, you save the last one just in case you need to use it on yourself. All right, guys. Enjoy your podcast. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. So, I can't believe we didn't think of that. Yeah, that's kind of... Um, save yeah. save the last bullet for yourself. Totally makes sense. It does. And uh, Especially in retrospect after seeing this episode. Now that we've seen the episode, <laughs> we know, Mark from Georgia, thanks for, for calling in. You are absolutely correct. You always save the last bullet for yourself. Right. Because, especially in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, especially when uh, when death is, you know, a better option than what could happen if you don't save the last one. Exactly. You might end up hanging from a tree or something. Yeah, that'd be bad. Uh, okay. So thank you, Mark, for calling in. Uh, we've got another call. Jason from San Francisco. And, of course, Jason's our friend from the Talking Dead cast, another uh, Walking Dead related podcast, and he goes on to talk about the some of the unfinished storylines, um, and compares it to another show that we all used to watch. Hey guys, this is Jason in San Francisco from the Walking Dead cast, and I just listened to your most recent episode, and uh, I caught what you were saying about there being so many unfinished storylines right now, and I hadn't really thought about it, but you're totally right. In fact, in our last podcast, I did mentioned that I wish they would hurry up and find Sophia because and now that you mentioned it I realize there's just this feeling of not being satisfied and of things being left unfinished but you know on the one hand that's actually a great way to keep us really wanting to find out what's going to happen next and I think sometimes that feeling of anticipation is actually an uncomfortable feeling but it's also kind of fun to have but it can only be pushed so far. And then just thinking about all this reminded me of the show that did this the most, which was Lost. Um, they really had tons and tons and tons of open loop. And that's why, you know, I trusted the writers to um, wrap all those up. And then by the end, I really thought they didn't. And I think, you know, if you can manage to leave a loop open for a long time and then close it, it's very satisfying. But if they don't close them, there's only so long that we'll, you know, put up with that. Like if they just left Sophia gone and we never saw her again, that would uh, kind of suck. Uh, but anyway, I have a feeling that they'll start closing some of these uh, this unfinished business sooner or later. But uh, just wanted to, you know, drop you guys a line, say thanks for putting out the show and making me think about that. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. So that was Jason from the uh, uh, Walking Dead cast, and. Um he compared the sort of unfinished storylines to Lost. He's absolutely right. I mean, Lost was a great show, and they did have, uh, you know, some long arcs, and you had to, you know, have faith that they would close them eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can only push that so far. Like, and if you start leaving stuff, uh, it can get uh, like Walt, for example. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one to swallow. It was. It. I think it was rare that I ever really had that feeling with Lost about. Oh my gosh! I wish they would, you know, wrap some stuff up here. I think they had enough. I mean, they had so many damn characters that they had enough sort of long 
drawn out storylines, but they balanced it with a number of shorter sort of on island mostly right. things like that were happening every episode. I think the reason it occurred to us for The Walking Dead in season two is that, you know, we had two episodes. It's only two. I mean, Lost, you know, had the first few years had 24 episodes a season or something. But in the first two, they opened all this stuff and absolutely nothing was wrapped up. Right. Um, Which we'll see when we talk about, say, the last one, things have started to wrap up at least a little bit. Yeah, we got a couple couple of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that was sort of bothering me before, but I'm okay with it now. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, if you guys want to go and check out Jason's podcast, go over to walkingdeadcast.com. Him and Karen do a nice job over there mm-hmm. and a little bit, uh, a little bit different style. So it's great. Uh, be great if you went and check that out. Um, one more call. We have Carl from the UK. Uh, we, a couple of episodes talked about a walking to Facebook application that we unfortunately could not access because we're in Canada and it was only open to folks in the United Kingdom or at least the UK. I don't know if it extended beyond that into Europe, anywhere else, but he sent us a, he was nice enough to call in with a review of it, um, Unfortunately, we've never really mentioned this to anyone, but our voicemail caps at two minutes. So you can only leave a two-minute message. So he called all the way from the UK, left a two-minute message and got cut off, called back and left another two-minute message. But this time he pretty much got what he got in everything he wanted to say, I think, before it cut him off. So uh, I'm going to play his entire second call. And uh, so just know that this is the second sort of quicker half of what he was trying to say the first time. So here's Carl from the UK. Yeah, hi, it's uh, Carl in Birmingham again. Uh, I got cut off, uh, probably waffled for too long. So uh, I'll be brief. Um, yes, Facebook review. It's, uh, so, so basically it drops in to the little elements of profile. It'll, you just wake up, you're in jail, uh, the guard's dead, uh, there's some blood smeared on the wall, so it says like, oh, forgive me, Carl. And it uses your name, and you know, and then basically you, you get some keys, you get out of the cell, and you walk out, and there's, there's like a missing person board, and it pulls in photos of your friends. That was one of the most effective, uh, effective bits. The people you're friends with on Facebook, it pulled in their photos. And so there were some friends of mine, really good friends, uh, that I've been friends with for a very long time, and seeing them on this kind of missing person board, uh, and kind of sent chills down with fine. It was pretty, it was pretty effective. Um, you then find a police report, you open it up, uh, it's got your profile picture in there, um, which hilariously at the time is me dressed as a cowboy, so I just thought that was brilliant for a police photo. Um, then uh, you've got, uh, you, you pick up a picture, which is obviously a personal memento, and it obviously looks at your relationship status, because in this case it was a picture of my wife, but also it was a picture of my baby. So again, that was really effective, because it's like, it, it, was, it was bang on, so it was pretty good. Uh, after that, you blunder your way through this police station. There isn't really so much of the clever stuff going on. You, you shine a torch around, oh, there's a zombie. Uh, you get out into a car park, you jump in a car, start up the car, zombie bites you. The end. Uh, that's literally it. There's no, there's no interaction. There's no, you pick different routes. You, there's nothing you can do. It's literally a video that shoves in some clever stuff in your face very well. So, novelty factor, I'd say three and a half out of five. It's, uh, you know, it's worth one go just to kind of see how it uses your profile in some clever ways, and, and I quite like that. Uh, but uh, repeat playability or interaction, uh, one out of five. I'm really massive marketing tool. don't think you've really missed out on a lot. Um, but, you know, it's quite good. If you need a screen catcher or something, let me know. I'll, uh, I'll try and do one. All right, I'll... Uh 
And there's Cowboy Carl's uh, entire message. So he got cut off a second time, but um, he said, so I guess he was sort of saying that it's kind of fun to see your photos brought in and stuff like that, which I've seen in Facebook apps before, and it is exciting. A little bit creepy sometimes, depending on what they're doing with it. Um, But uh, overall, not much to the game, really. So there you go. I don't think we were missing that much by not playing it. I really enjoyed the description. Yeah, absolutely. Was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a cowboy hat or cowboy costume, did he say? Yeah. Cowboy Carl. Uh, thank you, Carl, from the UK. All right. Finally, one more thing before we move on. This is an email uh, from Phil in Ottawa, and he says, Good job on your podcasts. Truly entertaining and informative. I wanted to ask Jay what was going on with his other project, You've Got Dead on You. The story needs an end. Please continue the hard work. I've grown attached to the characters. I've tried to search for an update, but couldn't find any information anywhere. Thanks, Phil from Ottawa. Big fan. So, Jason, why don't you update it on everybody on your other project called You've Got Dead on You? Um, hmm. Well, I could make something up, but the uh, the short answer is I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Unfortunately, Phil from Ottawa, I think <laughs> you've got the wrong Jason. I realize that there's a similarity there, but... Uh, in name and in interest, probably. Probably. Because here we are doing a podcast about a zombie TV show. Wrong Jason, though, unfortunately. But the nice thing is you turned me on to this You've Got Dead on You project, and it looks kind of cool. Sounds gross. It just hasn't been uh, updated in some time, so I, I don't know what the status of it is either, but I might go and check out what's already there. Well, I'll have to go take a look. Yeah. Why not? Unfortunately, you've got the wrong Jason, though. So. <laughs> okay, now is the time in the show, everyone, to do our recap of the most recent episode of The Walking Dead. It was titled... Save the Last One. That's right, Save the Last One, Season 2, Episode 3. Now, we're going to try and get through the recap a little faster than usual here because, well, there's lots of other stuff going on, and... If you're listening to this, you've seen the episode, so you probably don't need a shot-by-shot recap of what you saw. Probably not. But if I go too fast, let me know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. Save the last one. All right. It opens with Shane in a bathroom shaving his head. Um, Interesting. I don't know why I'm going to mention it, and this is going to slow things down, but there was a painting of a barn on the wall. That's nice. I like the barn. (laughs) (laughs) That's not too much detail. No, not at all. That's all salient stuff. It's The barn may be important. I think it's foreshadowing. That's why I mention it. Oh, okay. The shower is running, and... uh, Actually, the shaving of the head is kind of foreshadowing, too. Well, that's right. We don't know that yet, though. I was confused. Is this a flashback? What's happening? Where are we? What's going on? It's a flash forward. It's a flash forward, so they're doing that now. Uh, But we don't know that at the time. Anyways, the shower is running, and it kind of... It's weird. You can tell I think about this stuff too much, because my first thought was like... Why is the shower running? If this is pre-zombie apocalypse, fine. If it's yeah. after, that guy's just wasting water. He's wasting hot water. You know? That's precious, precious stuff. Precious. Exactly. It was tr- it was hot, too, because the place was steaming up and, and so I, on. I'm just going to sh- say that uh, Shane does not know how to cut his own hair. Did uh, you see what he was doing? He was d- making a disaster of the whole thing. Well, he, he the finished product was fine. Yeah, well, that was right. fine, because that was a professional who probably came in and cleaned up his mess. <laughs> but... Uh, he was going the wrong way, yeah, you know, was, with the hair instead that was of against. Not good, because you and I both cut our own hair. Right? Yes, I'm and, due, and so does so does Dave actually. But <laughs> we've done it for years and years and years. Yep. And you get good at it, and the first time is kind of a bit of a mess. But this was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. Well, whatever. As long as the finished product was fine. Oh, it was and great. We now know why Shane uh, John Bernthal's been walking around with a shaved head. Yes, we for do. A number of months. Uh, I'm glad it's not. It's not because he got killed off. 
and then he shaved his head for another project. Yeah, you're right. That was my worst fear. Yeah. Um, nope, it's because Shane shaved his head, too. Yes, he did. Uh, anyway, so we go into the credits. It's a very quick opening this time, straight into credits after this. Yep. We come back, and we see Shane and Otis running through the school with the zombies right behind them, and Rick and Lori are doing a voiceover, which is kind of weird. Telling a story. Yeah, telling a story about a time in high school when Shane stole the principal's car as a prank, and Rick is trying to convince her that uh, he will make it back with what they need because he always makes it back. Yeah. And fast. And has enough time to have a sandwich. That's right. Always <laughs> has enough time to have a sandwich. And then coincidentally, Laurie wants Rick to eat his sandwich to keep his strength up because he's lost a lot of blood from giving it to Carl. Hmm. Um, so we go to Daryl, Carl, and Andrea in the RV. Daryl can't sleep, so him and Andrea go for a midnight walk to continue the search for Sophia. Dale, as usual, is concerned. He's always concerned. <laughs> he's certainly about Andrea. Uh, back with Shane and Otis, they're, tra- uh, they're trapped on some bleachers in the gym. They decide to separate and meet out in the field because Otis doesn't think he could fit through the windows in the gym. Yeah. He's a bigger dude. Uh, so Shane goes for the small window, and Otis heads for the locker room where the windows are bigger, apparently. And closer to the ground, too, because, jeez, uh, that was a long drop. It was a bit of a long drop. I wouldn't it- have done it. <clears throat> I would have looked out the window and went, there's no way my knees could take that. I'd be done. I'd fall, my knees would hurt so much that I'd be just a, a small little crying puddle on the ground, and the zombies would come, come and eat me. Well, uh, yeah, before Shane jumps out, he says to Otis, you're a crazy son of a bitch, aren't you? And Otis says, I'm just trying to do right by that boy. Yep. You know, he's trying to be the big man. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead of you. There. No, that's fine, that's fine. It's, I just think that's an important couple of lines right there. Yep. So Shane jumps out the window and sprains his ankle. Yeah, so, ouch. Yeah, not not good. You know, he didn't cry though. I would have cried. It was it was it was a long fall, but I don't know if it was like if you land right, bend your knees, you could probably do that without hurting your ankle. Well, you you know, he was hanging on to a zombie that he just shot. It's in true. The head. He shot himself out the window, right? Yeah, so. so he probably wasn't uh, exactly <laughs> prepared for the for the fall. But it was a twenty foot drop, and there's no good way to land on a twenty foot drop. You're going to hurt yourself. I guess so. But what else could he do? He had to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, so he sprains his ankle. That's not good. We cut to Glenn and T-Dog arriving at the farm. That's exciting. And they find Maggie waiting on the porch. Here's the first time that her and Glenn have spoken to each other. Yes, that's right. It was really nice. Inside, Glenn and T-Dog announce their presence, and Herschel tells Rick and Lori that they might have to operate on Carl without the equipment if now, Shane doesn't get back soon enough. One thing about T-Dog was when he shows up, the, one of the first things he said is, uh, what can we do to help? Like, yeah, he said, we're here. We're here. Uh, what can we do to help? His fever is down. He's not thinking all these white folks are going to try and kill me now. <laughs> right. And, you know, he's, he's back to rational. Everything's fine. He's, no, he, you know, he's hurting. He's still, uh, you know, still sick. Mm-hmm. But he wants to help now. He does. Yeah. Uh, which is good. And I guess it's because he's, he's had his medication. And it's, he's feeling a little better. Yeah, his fever's down. You know, he's, uh, he got, has the antibiotics. Uh, it's a good thing uh, Merle had the clap. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah, it's good for T-Dog anyway. Yeah. Uh, we go to Andrea and Daryl, who are now walking through the forest, even though they said they were going to walk the road. I don't know. I guess they took a took a turn into they the forest. They got lost. Yeah. And he tells her kind of a funny story about one time when he got lost for nine days when he was a kid younger than Sophia. Yep. And had to survive on berries and things like that. And the, he ended up finding his own way back 
going straight into the uh, kitchen and making a sandwich. Sandwiches. So very important. Uh, he's you know he's just trying to tell her that you know what she can totally survive out here for this long. Didn't he say he wiped his ass with poison oak or something? He did. He did. So <laughs> his he said his ass was itching like crazy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's that's a mistake. That's a bad bad mistake. Oh, it's bad, and I think it would hurt a lot more than just itching if you did that. Yeah, no, that's 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 a lesson you don't unlearn. That's for sure. I've had boys poison oak on my on my body before, not on my ass, but you know on my hand, and that doesn't feel nice. I've never had poison oak poison ivy. Like I that. don't think I've had poison ivy, but poison oak I have. We've had that. We have that here in southern Ontario. So nope, never. Stay uh, away from I, it. I have my Gerber hatchet now. I can uh, keep the poison oak away from you me. You can just hack it all down. That's right. So we go to Rick and Lori out on the farm porch at this point, and Lori is losing hope and wonders if Carl, uh, if it would be better for Carl to die. If he dies tonight, it ends for him. Tell me why it would be better another way. What changed? What? Jenner offered us a way out. You asked him to let us keep trying. You you begged him for as long as we can. You said, what changed? There was a moment the other day. I mean, it was just a second, but I forgot Jackie was dead. I, I turned around, I wanted to tell her something. I almost said her name, and it was just a second, and then, and then I remembered, but then I realized she didn't have to see any of it. The, the, the highway, the, the herd, Sophia, Carl getting shot, she, she didn't... She doesn't have to be afraid anymore. Hungry, angry. It hadn't stopped happening, Rick. It's like we live with a knife in our throats every second of every day, but, but Jackie doesn't. Not anymore. And then... I thought maybe Jenna was right. So she ends that by asking, why would it be better for Carl to live? And Rick really has no answer. Yep. Not at this point. I'm glad him. you played that clip. Was it, was it just me, or did the, the background noise sound like the smoke monster in Lost? <laughs> You mean the uh, the crickets? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't occur to me, but there's a lot of crickets on this show. Yeah. They're, they're always cricketing. Anyway, just or, reminded me of the smoke monster. In, at night, anyways. In the, in the day, you hear a lot of cicadas on the show, too. Yep. Buzzing around, so. Um, now, this this scene, just before we move on quickly, it kind... I'm not sure I bought it 100%. Like, her performance was great, and it was fantastic, but I don't... I don't know, you know, from my own experience as a parent, I don't know that I would ever wonder if it would be better for my child to to die. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure I buy that. No matter what's going on, you want to protect them above yourself even, right? right? The only thing I wouldn't, I, I didn't buy about this, and I, and I kind of agree with you, but from a different angle, is that uh, she stated her position and then had to backfill her logic. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing leading up to this kind of thinking. Yeah, that's true. Right. So that that's the only thing that I thought was a bit odd in this. She kind of just thought of it, but then had to fill in the blanks a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, well, it's not that, uh, you know, the, the character had to fill in the blanks. It's just it felt like the writing had to fill in the blanks. Right. I have to, you know, she has this thought. And in order for her to justify this thought, there has to be this, this backstory, mm-hmm. right, which they could have 
told another way, given that backstory previous, and then you would say, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense that she would think that uh, Carl might be better off this way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, they're in dire circumstances, admittedly. You know, the world has gone to crap. But no matter what, I just, I'm not sure a parent would think, yeah, you know, maybe he should die. Uh, maybe she was thinking that about Rick, or, Rick himself. You know, when she thought he was in a coma, maybe it's better this way. That's he doesn't true. have to deal with this. He doesn't know anything about the zombie apocalypse. It's probably best that he's dead. Holy crap, he's still alive. Oh, my gosh, he's alive. <laughs> and I've been sleeping with this guy. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, just before we go to commercial, we see Shane limping around the school with his sprained ankle, and he gets cornered against the fence with some zombies on one side and some approaching from the front. So you think he's in bad? Uh, he's in a bad position there. When we come back, we're back, right back with Shane, and suddenly Otis is back, and he saves Shane's life by shooting the zombie right in front of him. That's right. Uh, good shot. Because if he'd miss, it would have gone right, maybe right into Shane. So, yep. Uh, there you go. And they take off, looking for a way back to the truck. Now, we go back to Rick and Lori. They're inside. When they hear Carl coughing, they run into his room, and he's awake. He tells his mom about the deer he saw, which is important. Uh, and then all of a sudden it looks like he's dead for a second before he has a seizure. Sure looked dead. Oh, he sure did look dead. And then the seizure was just horrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, no oh, it's, I guess it's because he's a kid. I don't know. It's, it's, I've seen seizures on TV and movies before. They don't make children do that kind of thing, They though. don't make kids do that. That is true. That's tough. You know, Chandler did a nice job, though. He did. Um, doing that seizure. And it freaked me out a little bit. Uh, Rick and Lori have to stand there and just watch him flail around on the bed because if you try to hold him down, he might hurt himself. Yeah, so. you're not supposed to really, <clears throat> just supposed to clear the way and you know, it's not supposed to stop people from having seizures or, you know, try and wrap them up. Just, you know, make sure they don't swallow their tongues and yeah, uh, let it run its way. course. Right. And just to try to help them from not hurting themselves, yeah. you know, somehow. So, uh, yeah, horrible. Um, so now we go back with Daryl and Andrea. And they're in the forest, and they come across another tent in the forest, and um, they find a zombie hanging by his neck. They find a note stuck to a tree that had a funny little poem on it. It was a good little poem. I, I didn't write it down, but do you remember it? Oh, uh, no, I figured you'd write it down. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it was rhyming and everything. It was, it was funny. Now, they, have to, they stand there and watch him flail around. Um, if you were going to kill yourself, would you write a poem? Would yeah. you write your, your suicide note? In limerick form? <laughs> yeah, well, why not? It all rhymed with that dead. seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of thing. Oh, I can't. I can't even remember it at all right now. I don't know. Uh, so, But Daryl turns to leave, and uh, Andrea continues staring at the zombie for a minute. You want to live now? Or not? It's just a question. An answer for an arrow. Fair? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to live. Or if I have to, or if it's just a habit. It's not much of an answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waste of an arrow. So it was a waste of an arrow. It sounds but like a comedy when you don't see the visuals. <laughs> it wasn't funny at all, man, when we were watching it. Nope. Um, I played that, though, because, you know, Andrea, she's questioning her reason to live. And she's she's gone from wanting to die 
to not being sure if she wants to die. So I think it's important. She's she's progressing a little bit. Yeah, there. she's moving forward. That's the uh, that's the important thing. Yep. Uh, I liked how Daryl Lowe was saying that he turned this guy turned himself. He was too stupid to shoot himself in the head, and he turned himself <laughs> into a big swinging piece of bait. <laughs> yeah. And then he called him a big swinging pinata too. <laughs> yeah. So he, he also talked about the geeks that came and ate his legs. Yeah, ate all the flesh off the bottom of his legs. Yeah. I mean, gross. It was a good good uh, good use of the word geek. Uh, yeah, that's true. We come back from uh, commercial after that, and Dale and Carol are on the RV. Dale takes a walk. Not sure where he's going, but he's just going to look around a little bit. Back at the farm, Otis's wife is stitching up T-Dog, and they're talking about Merle Dixon. Glenn goes outside, and Maggie soon follows. And here we have the first big conversation between the two. They talk about whether Glenn believes in God, and he reveals that this is his first time praying. Maggie says, sorry, I didn't mean to wreck your first time. Hardy har. <laughs> she ends by telling him, feel free to believe in God, but the thing is, you got to make it okay no matter what happens. And I like that. She was telling him, you got to solve your own problems. Yep. Don't look to anyone else. And I see Rick, I mean, I see Glenn as a problem solver. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, we, see, we get Rick and Lori talking, and he's telling her about the deer again. Rick thinks that since Carl spoke about the deer when he woke up, that proves that there's still a life for him. It isn't all death out there. It can't be, Rick says. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's important. Oh, absolutely. Because there's still there's still a life worth living. There's still moments that uh, are life-affirming rather than just all bleakness and death. Yeah, that's the answer that he didn't have when they were talking before, yeah, absolutely. right? So there's still a life out there for him. Shane and Otis, we see uh, running to the street. Shane tells Otis to go ahead, but Otis says he won't leave him there. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> we go to commercial, and when we come back, we are back at the farm. Rick and Lori decide that they have to operate on Carl without the supplies from Shane. Um, just as they're getting set up, the truck drives up. And look, it's Shane. It's Shane. He has the stuff. Strangely, there's no Otis. Oh, my. What's happened to Otis? Shane says he didn't make it, and Herschel decides to not tell Patricia until after the surgery because he needs her to, to help. And, of course, she'll break down when she finds out the show... Uh, Showed us. Showed us. <laughs> Showed us his mission there, Shane and Otis. Uh, she, she'll, of course, be uh, upset when she finds out that Otis didn't make it. Shane gives a story about Otis saying he'd cover him while he sort of ran for the truck. Yep. That's the story he gives at the time. Back at the RV, <clears throat> Daryl and Andrea come back. Dale uh, gives Andrea her gun back and apologizes for treating her poorly. She asks if he forgives her. If he for if she forgives him and she says I'm trying. Yeah, I thought it was a little premature for him to ask that. Here's your gun back. Do you forgive me? Except he's he's kind of clueless. Like he doesn't he, he he Dale doesn't really understand why she was upset to begin with. Although he's starting to. But he did under he does understand now. He said you know it wasn't my decision to make. Right. That's what I well he, that's what I mean. But he didn't until this point. Right. He had yeah. some time to think about it after she told him that. If she hadn't said anything, he'd still be like. How come she doesn't like me anymore? You know, yeah. Um, but he's a bit of a he's a bit of a clueless dork, I think. Yeah, he would have to be because I'm I'm younger than he is, and I I know enough that uh, when I apologize to someone, I don't ask them if they've forgiven forgiven me right away. You forgive no. me now? Yeah, because you, you're not going to get the answer you're looking for. You say what you need to say, and then you leave it alone, and yeah. they'll come to you when they're ready. Yeah, right. That's generally the way these things work. But I don't know, Dale. 
Dale thinks he's just maybe he was married too long. He he uh you know, he he had a long-term relationship and that kind of thing. You kind of uh you cut corners. You don't have to go through the entire process once you're married to someone for a long time. That's true. You can you can jump to the end or at least jump to two-thirds to the end, right? <laughs> Cuz you know each other well enough that you can just go, "Well, you forgive me." You know, I know I'm going to get there, so yeah. Okay, You've yeah. got the dynamic yeah. like from years of, of being together. That's right. right. They're yeah. still new. Uh, so back at the farm, Glenn and Maggie are talking about all the people she's lost, and she points them out by pictures on the fridge. It was a nice bonding moment for the two of them, mm. I think. Outside, Herschel tells Rick and Lori that Carl has stabilized. The surgery was a success, I guess. Then, while Patricia's getting the news about Otis... Maggie gives Shane some clothes that were Otis's. Kind of weird. He takes them upstairs to the bathroom. And look at this. We're back at our opening scene, bookending the episode. This time, though, we have shots intercut of what actually happened at the school as they were running away. So what we see is they're both down to their last round, as referred to in the title. And Shane decides to shoot Otis in the leg. So he can escape while the zombies are eating Otis. Um, Shane is staring in the mirror in the bathroom. And to me, he looked like he had a mix of regret, a little bit of insanity, and a a touch of evil. A little bit of evil there. He needs to grow a goatee now is what he needs to do. Because bad guys always have black goatees. Yes, they do. Well, maybe he will. Uh, Shane is becoming unhinged. I think so. You know, but he's he's also doing what he needs to do, right? Well, like, that's that's a theme in this this show all the time. Do what you have to do to survive. But then again, evil doesn't know that the like, evil people don't know that they are evil. They think they're doing right, and that's what he thinks he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Otis said he wants to do right by that boy that he shot. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Well, here's your chance." Bang. And I need to, we need to get, either we both die or one of us lives and gets the stuff to, uh, you know, for, to have, so Carl can have the surgery. So I, I think he thinks he's doing right. Well, he probably does, but there's so many angles to this, yeah. you know. He may think he's doing right. I don't think he's an evil character, at least not yet. I But I do... Um, but I do, like, I think he knows what he did is, like, you know, reprehensible. You know, he shot a dude and just let him to get torn apart. Let him, left him to die and get torn apart by zombies. Like, he didn't even shoot him in the head. Well, this is my question. This is the question I was just about to ask is, why didn't he shoot him in the head? Well, the, maybe... The zombies would have eaten him anyway. I think so, too. I think so, too. Why not put him out of his misery immediately Yeah. and um, let the zombies have at it? You wouldn't have had to wrestle with him to get the bag off his back. You wouldn't have had to go through all that. In the heat of the moment, maybe you're not thinking that way. I don't know. Okay. I'm just wondering in his uh, in his story, does he know <clears throat> that uh, that zombies will eat recently dead as opposed to alive? Right? Well, do we even know that? I I'm not sure we do either. Uh, so I think this is something we need to we need to think about and to uh, ask the internet at large what whether they whether this is the right thing to do. If he had shot him in the head and had killed him outright, would he have been able to get away, or would, did he have to wound him and leave him screaming and yelling so the zombies would uh, tear attack, his ear off tear. and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I I am not sure about that, and I wondered it myself. 
you know, there's a difference between recently dead and like immediately dead, you know? Yeah. Being dead for for the five or six seconds it took for those zombies to get there is different than being dead for six hours, yep. you know? Absolutely. And, you know, the screaming helps. I'm sure the screaming was going to attract more people, more zombies than, mm-hmm. you know, a dead person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that would, that's, maybe he wanted the screaming. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's no matter what though, it's pretty low. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess he truly believed that he, they couldn't both make it to the car and it was of utmost importance that one of them had to, and it wasn't going to be not him. Right. Yep. So I don't know. uh, You know, the, the story of uh, two guys in the, uh, African safari and they get cornered by a lion and uh, the guy, you know, one guy, they're sitting up in a tree and the lion's down at the bottom. He's like, okay, we got to make a run for it and starts tying his shoes. He said, there's no way you're going to outrun a lion. It's like, I don't have to outrun the lion. I just have to outrun you. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> it's this, uh, yeah, it, that applies to any wild animal, really. Yeah. That can run. I met a bear in the woods one time and I was with a friend of mine and we talked later. We didn't talk about it at the time, but we talked later and said, you, you don't have to be the fastest person. You just have to not be the slowest. That's right. <laughs> The bears are easy, though. Black bears and brown bears, you just yell real loud and they run off. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You just scream at the top of your lungs and they get scared and run away. Okay, that's good to know. Does not work with grizzly bears. Or zombies. Or zombies. That doesn't work with zombies. But uh, black bears and brown bears just yell real loud, make a lot of noise. Okay. They take off. So Shane, interesting character here. I mean, one minute, he's it's so conflicting because one minute you love the guy and you think he's really trying to do right. And the next minute you hate him. For, yeah. th- for stuff like this. Yeah. He's probably right now the most conflicting and in some ways the most interesting character on the show. I think so. You know, Rick is um, a little bit one-dimensional, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just the way he is, you know, and uh, Shane is totally not. Yep. He's, I think he's... They're, uh, they're doing his character arc very well. Like, if they're going to follow the same kind of character arc as they did in the comic... I think that uh, this is a, a very good way to start that kind of descent into madness. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think it's very exciting. Ultimately, we're going to get probably the same outcome. It's just going to take longer and some add some steps on that path. Good, good, good. I've been a proponent of that from the very beginning. Absolutely. Um, so, as we were talking about earlier, before the recap, we did get a certain amount of closure in this episode. Yep. Um, Shane and Shane made it back with the supplies. Carl's surgery went well, and presumably he'll survive now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, Andrea got her gun and is kind of on the road to, you know, becoming a little bit less wacky. Yeah, she was practicing with her <laughs> uh, uh, field stripping as well. Uh huh. When uh, when they were trying to sleep in the, uh, what, I don't know how they could possibly even think that they're going to sleep in a camper with someone field stripping a firearm and Carol in the back crying it's like shut up you know put the damn thing down for well that's a while. why Dar- Daryl was like I'm going for yeah. a walk you, oh, you women are not helping the sleeping thing here. and uh, T-Dog his wound has been uh, that storyline has been closed it so has been they've uh, they sewed up his wound and gave him antibiotics and now he doesn't have the clap or blood poisoning so uh, he's all good he's all good that's right so I, I felt really good about this episode yeah. I liked it a little bit more than the second one Still not as much as the first one, though. Yeah. You know, oh, but oh. They, this show has been very good at premieres so far. Yes, it you know, has. Very, very good. So. And uh, the Otis has been uh, completed. Yeah, Otis is completed in uh, every which way you can think. I, ho- I hope so, anyway. I would hate to see him come back as a zombie. I mean, that could be powerful, but they kind of did that in the pilot. 
with uh, Morgan's wife. Yeah. So I don't think we need to have Otis come back and uh, try and go after somebody. Well, along those lines, we have an email from Josh in Massachusetts talking about this very possibility. He says, I predict that Otis will return to the farmhouse as a zombie, possibly leading a herd. It's always been demonstrated on the show that the zombies retain some memory of their previous lives. For instance, Morgan's zombified wife kept coming back to the house she'd been staying at with her family and trying to open the door. Shane may have saved Carl for now, but put them all in danger by creating a zombie with strong ties to the farm and an instinct to go there. Hmm. Um, So, yeah. Now, the only reason I don't see this happening is because I'm pretty sure Otis was suitably disemboweled and torn apart that he could no longer walk. Yeah, I don't think he'd be recognizable as Otis. I think he'd be a uh, a bicycle girl kind of situation. Exactly. Just be if he had any muscle tissue left whatsoever, it would take him a very long time to make it back to the uh, to to the, to the farm. We know that it was, I think, five miles from the school between the school and the farm. I believe they said that in the uh, second episode. Right. Five miles is an awfully long way to go, crawling yourself along the ground with your arms. It sure is. Or your lips. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I don't see it happening, but the thought had occurred to me, too, just like it did Josh from Massachusetts here, um, that Otis could come back. I just think he was torn up enough that he's not getting anywhere quick. Yeah, he was, uh, he he didn't just get bit and, you know, went into a corner someplace and turned into a zombie. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, you know, torn apart by a herd. He's food. He is food. He's not a zombie. He's food. Yeah. All that's left is his head. If that. If that. Gross. All right, anything else about this episode before we move on? Uh, Nope. Cool. Let's quickly look at next week on The Walking Dead. It's titled Cherokee Rose, and the description from amctv.com is so bad that I almost don't (laughs) want to read it, but in the interest... Oh, come on. They've been bad in the past. They haven't been this bad. Here it is. Description. Shane makes a deadly sacrifice which leads to unusual behavior and self-distancing. Okay, that's... That's pretty much about the episode we just watched. Is, wait, wait, is that a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, it, it continues. Self-distancing? Yes. New sentence. The rest of the group tries to hang on somewhere between living to die and dying to live. Oh. Like, write something that means anything about the episode, you know? I don't want spoilers. I don't want, you know, I don't want you to tell me too much, but like... The first sentence here is about the episode we just finished, and the second one is so generic in general, you could write that about anything. Yeah, okay. The stuff. What surprises me about that second sentence is that somebody wrote that, and it went through an editorial process, and it got oh. greenlit. Like, yep, 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 by, you know, hopefully more than one person, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just like... Gives the job to an intern to write something for the for the website. It's the only website. Who cares about the website? Yeah, who cares? You know, nobody's going to read that anyway. <laughs> Who's going to read that? It's so bad. It's the same people that do the uh, the show descriptions on uh, Rogers Cable when you uh, you're flipping through the channels and right. you have a description on there. It's just like, uh, you know, Jimmy eats the food thing for the stuff later. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a writer, but I would gladly be hired by amc to write their show descriptions i don't know you'd have to you'd have to be a low-level intern to do that i think well i'd gladly by the qualifications required (laughs) i would gladly be hired and paid the big money to write their show descriptions 
This episode, Cherokee Rose, will be written by Evan Riley, or was written by will Evan Riley. Will have been. Yep. Written and by. will have been directed by Billy Gerhardt. Uh, now, a few episodes ago, when we first came up with the, when we first found out the titles, we were speculating on what Cherokee Rose means. Well, I've since done some research. You since have, have you? Yeah, uh, believe it or not, some research for what we do here. Cherokee Rose is the, I believe, the official state flower of Georgia. Oh, well, there the it is. Cherokee Rose. And I'm going to make another wild prediction right now about uh, why this episode is titled Cherokee Rose, other than just being a state flower. Uh, they find <clears throat> Sophia. I am predicting that uh, they do find Sophia in the next episode. And I, I, I looked up whether you can eat roses, and apparently you can. Oh, okay. So I think that they're going to find her, and she survived by eating the state flower of Georgia, the Cherokee <laughs> Rose. I also think that based on that, the group will nickname her Cherokee Rose. Oh, well, and that's what sweet. they're going to call her from here moving forward. Oh, well, that'd be nice. Sounds plausible to me. I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she was taken in by a wealthy plantation owner and nicknamed Cherokee Rose, and she'll be wearing, uh, you know, cotillion outfits, like something frilly. Uh, anyway, that's what I think. Yeah. I don't see why not, really. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's next week on The Walking Dead. And before we get into our holy crap, did you see that moment? I have to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Audible and for you, the listeners of The Talking Dead. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, what's the recommendation this week? This week's recommendation is Darkly Dreaming Dexter. Dexter. The first novel in the Dexter series by Jeff Lindsay. Uh, the first season of Dexter is based on this book. They have their differences because I've, I've both read the book and watched the first season. Uh, this book comes in. It's narrated by sorry Nick uh, Landrum, and it comes in at a short eight hours and eighteen minutes. Excellent. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/talkingdead. Once again, that's audibletrial.com/talkingdead for your free audiobook. Holy crap! Did you see that? That's right. It's time for my favorite part of the show, and that is, holy crap, did you see that? Where Jason and I, and hopefully some of you listeners, choose a moment from the most recent episode, or really any episode for all you people out there, uh, that you thought to yourself, or exclaimed out loud in your living room, holy crap, did you see that? Yep. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think I'm going to go first this week. You think you are? And I'm going to let Dave... Express my choice for me. Oh, okay. Gentlemen, how are you? Chris, Jason. I am calling in regards to your holy crap, did you see that moment? And the moment I am talking about is the moment I'm sure everyone is talking about is the moment when Shane turns around and shoots Otis in the leg. <clears throat> that was one of those moments where I realized that uh, that Shane is starting to go off the deep end a little bit. That is the very first time that we see Shane uh, decide to commit an act of evil. <clears throat> when uh, Back in the CDC, when he uh, assaulted uh, Lori, that was more of a, sort of a, a, a crime of passion, I guess you could call it. But he saw what he needed to do, what he felt he needed to do, and he did it. He thought of himself first and not Otis. And uh, I think that opens up some great possibilities for the future of the show. <clears throat> uh, I'll probably talk to you guys later. 
Bye. All right. Well, that's that's Dave's choice. It's also my choice, and Is I it? think there's uh, it's it's I think it's difficult to choose another moment from this episode, but. Uh, do you have a different one? I do have a different one. Right on. It's it's more of a holy crap. Uh, the it's when uh, Shane was up against the fence and the zombies were coming in front of him. He was kind of like uh, between a uh, a rock and a zombie place. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Otis comes and shoots the zombie in the back of the head that's right in front of uh, of Shane. Uh, my problem is that Otis does not check and see what's beyond his target. He did the same thing with Carl, and now he did it with Shane, but he got lucky this time, and the bullet didn't go all the way through the zombie and shoot uh, Shane right in the head. My God, I I can't believe I didn't see that parallel there. You're absolutely right. He, he did it again, yes. like the next day. Now he's dead, but I was just like, man, you got to check what's beyond your target because if you miss or it goes through, you're going to hit something else, and that's, that's what got you into the situation. Except that he knew Shane was there. He knew he was saving Shane from that approaching zombie. That's true. And he took the risk anyways. Yeah. Before with Carl, he didn't even know Carl was okay, there. So this this thing got him into this situation. <clears throat> It'll get him out. And it got him out. That's right. <laughs> it's the cause of and solution to yeah. all of Otis's problems. That's right. Except not his most recent problems. And now he's dead. And now he's dead. Uh, I just want to uh, refine mine and Dave's choice slightly and say that if I was... Um, what I What I really was... Holy crap, did you see that about... If you can use that phrase as a verb. I don't see why not. Okay. Was uh, when Shane and Otis were wrestling after he'd shot him and he was, Shane was trying to get the bag off of him. Otis grabbed his hair and yep. Shane had to yank his head away and rip his hair out. Yeah. And we saw that when he goes back to the farm and is shaving his hair off. And the reason I wanted to point that out is because I think a lot of people missed it. I don't think they realized that Shane was missing that hair there. And uh, it was kind of bloody and stuff because all the hair had been ripped out. Well, that's out. why he's shaving his head. Right. But I think a lot of people missed the actual hair ripping because oh. it was pretty dark. And, you know, I, I don't want to talk about it at length, but on AMC's Talking Dead After Show, nobody on that show realized that uh, his hair had been pulled out. Really? The host and the two guests, which were um, Felicia Day, I think, and um, John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. They talked about the scene at length. Nobody realized that his hair had been ripped out. So. But that's why he's shaving his head. I know. I, I thought know. at first, well, I saw it. I'm like, oh, did he get bit? I thought maybe, you know, they were going to go a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Shane just got bit. And I'm like, the next episode's going to be Cherokee Rose, all about uh, Shane's descent into zombieism. But uh, apparently not. So, yeah, I, know, I completely noticed that right away. Yeah, but it, I think a lot of people missed it. Right. Oh, I didn't mention it because I thought it was a given. I, I know. I, I'm, I'm with you. Anyways, uh, they didn't see it on their official Talking Dead AMC show, and if they didn't see it, well, I think a lot of people might not have. So, there you go. That's why he shaved his head. That's why he shaved it. So that people wouldn't know. It's like, oh, what happened to your hair? Oh, a zombie pulled it. No, zombies don't pull hair. They bite you. (laughs) They bite you. Somebody else pulled your hair. Who who else was there? (laughs) Really only one guy. Yeah, it's pretty much Otis. So there you go. Why did Otis pull your hair? (laughs) Um... Yeah, I can't tell you. Yeah, can't I? We weren't wrestling. No, I didn't shoot him at all. <laughs> no way. Did he get Rick's gun? I don't know uh, because I was wondering that too. Otis was using it to shoot those zombies as they were running away. Yeah. So I hope he picked it up for Rick. That would suck. To he lose went to that grab gun. it. Like it, Otis went to use it on Shane, right? Because he still had a bullet. 
mm-hmm. and uh, Shane, I think, either kicked it away or something happened in the scuffle. I just don't know if Rick's going to get his gun back or whether they're going to go back there and find it. Well, here's the thing. If, if Shane didn't make it back with the gun, I guarantee you that they're going to go on a mission for that weapon. They're well, going to go back together. They're not going to find out anything. He's going to be. There's going to be a gun lying on the ground next to a uh, puddle of gore. Yeah, and a bit of a skeleton. This is like, yeah, I guess that's what it's. But you know what? Rick might maybe. I mean, if they didn't eat his face off, they might recognize him. I don't know. Rick maybe goes to get his gun, finds out what Shane did, and then uh oh. But they won't find out what Shane did. That's what I'm saying. Is that you know. What evidence is there after you know a, a herd of zombies eats you well, yeah. of you being shot in the leg intentionally in order to oh I see somebody for somebody to get away I see. they'll never find out I mean they go back might go back for the gun and see the puddle of gore mm-hmm. but they're never going to find out what Shane did no you're right they wouldn't find out his legs would be gone yeah all right. If you want to call or write in with your holy crap, did you see that moment? I highly recommend you do so. You can call us at 1-866-483-ZOMB or email us at TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. We want to start collecting these choices from people and playing them on the air. So by all means, send it in. And with that, I think it's time to wrap up this episode. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. All righty. We will, of course, will be back next week when we talk about Cherokee Rose. Uh, it'll be episode number four out of the first seven that we're going to get before the Christmas break. So we're going to be more than halfway there. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, by all means, give us a call. That number again is one 483 zomb That's 9662. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead, on the Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead, or email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. So until next week, everyone, hope you have a fine week. Bye.